Bible, uh, would you come up and uh, do that over the heart thing? <laughs> Everybody get your Bibles and put them over your hearts. <laughs> and my husband's going to say this <laughs> for us. <laughs> you know, you would think that the pastor's wife... Would would learn the start, you know. Well, you know, I, the thing of it is this: is that I start it, and then because I feel on the spot, I lose it. Other, yeah. Otherwise, I know it. Yeah. But I'm not going to try it. You go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Take your Bibles. Let's put them over our hearts and say this with me: This is my Bible. This is my Bible. God's written living word to me. God's written living word to me. Open my eyes, Lord. Open my eyes, Lord. That I might behold. That I might behold. Wonderful things. Wonderful things. From your law. From your law. Amen. Thank you, honey. <laughs> well, we're in a series on the Holy Spirit. You are not alone. And I, uh, if you haven't heard the first four parts, you might want to go out to the website and pick that up. Um, uh, but today is part five, and it's entitled Prophecy, God Loves to Talk to You. Amen. Yeah. Now, I want to just say, I have somewhat two messages today, a kind of a thing. I have a teaching, and then I have a word of the Lord. So, um, buckle in. We're going to be here for a few minutes. <laughs> okay, uh, let's look here at our theme at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, our theme verses here. And I believe the uh, gentlemen are going to be able to get that up on the screen for us. But if you have your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Love to use our Bibles as much as we can. I love to handle a Bible. You know, I love my iPad because it makes everything so easy to go from one... Uh, tie, uh, one version of the Bible to another and to look things up, but it's not the same as hold. I guess we were just raised with holding that book, and I love holding our Bibles, but I have it in my notes today. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to do some skipping around starting in, first one, in verse 1 for our um, theme scriptures today. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So right off the bat, God wants us to know about spiritual gifts, not just brush them aside, not just think they're, well, that's fine for somebody else, or that's okay, or whatever. But he wants us not to be ignorant. Then in verse 4, it says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. So we're going to see some different kinds of gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit who makes all of it come together. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Are you a one? Yes. Are you an each one? Yes. Everybody say yes, because you are. Yes. In case you didn't know, you are. So say yes. That's right. Thank you. You are in each one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one of us here for the profit of all. Does he give the manifestation of the Spirit for us as I receive something? No, he gives it for the profit of everybody. So the reason why the gifts of the Spirit are here are for the profit of everybody, not just the one who is using the gift. And here are the gifts. To one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. And I'm just going to leave it there because what we're going to be talking about today specifically is prophecy, a little bit on the word of wisdom and a little bit on the word of knowledge because they get kind of mixed together quite a bit. Um, 
But I want you to see here, we all know that miracles are supernatural. If you agree, just lift up your hand real quick. Miracles are supernatural, right? Healings, to this kind of a healing given by the Spirit. Do you believe they're supernatural? Can I see your hand if you do? Well, then so is prophecy, supernatural. It's a supernatural gift. It's not something you can make up. It's not something that you just make happen. It's, uh, it's a supernatural gift. Now, I just want to ask a quick question. And honey, you want to grab the microphone for me? I'm going to let you be Ed today. Um, be, no, you, yeah, you're going to be Ed. See, he's good. He's good at being Ed. I'm not good at being Terry, but he's good at being Ed. Okay. <laughs> when you hear the word prophecy or prophetic, I just want a few people to tell me, what do you think of? Somebody lift your hand. He'll come to you with the microphone. What do you think of when you hear it? Were you about to raise your hand over there? Well, here we have one here. What do you think of when you think of prophecy or prophetic? Word of knowledge. Oh, okay, thanks. Someone else. Tina's over there with her hand up. And then Ed up here has his hand up. Um, divine utterance. Divine utterance, okay. Ed. Word of wisdom. Word of wisdom, all right. Doug. Foretelling future events. Foretelling future events. Anybody else? What do you think of when you hear the word prophecy or prophetic? Does any of you think crazy? They're all crazy. <laughs> okay, come on, get real here. Maybe you haven't been around the prophetic, but anybody else? All right, well, those are all very, very good answers. Well, I want to start with this. I want to talk about the beauty of prophecy, first of all. It's this, is that God loves to talk to you and me. At the very heart and soul of prophecy is that. That God loves to talk to us. You know, in the Garden of Eden, when he created mankind, he walked and talked with them. And even when mankind messed it up, he brought kings and prophets and priests and he gave them the word of the Lord so that the people could have communication with God. It's like my husband said last week when he was talking about hearing the voice of God. All of this wanting to talk to us is because why? Because he wanted a relationship with us. God loves to talk to you and me. The Holy Spirit in the New Testament has been given so that we can hear everyone, not just the prophets and the priests and the kings who were the ones, kings who were the ones in the Old Testament, primarily those are the ones who heard from the Lord. But in the New Testament days, which are the days we live in, the Holy Spirit's been poured out, uh, uh, Acts chapter 2 tells us, on all flesh, all flesh, in order that we might all be able to hear from God and talk to him and have a living, breathing, not dead, not just know about God, but a real relationship with him like I have a relationship with Terry. Now, God doesn't email me like Terry does yet, <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> but he talks in all sorts of ways that we get to have a fellowship and, and a relationship as do you. And as he pointed out last week, uh, how many of us that are married, how many of us or have been married, maybe that's why you're not married anymore, <laughs> is how many of you know that if your spouse never talked to you, this we would be going nowhere, right? You know that old thing of the husbands told the wife, you know, she says, why don't you ever tell me you love me? And he says, well, I told you on the day I married you, isn't that enough, right? So if, you, if, if, the, if the day you got saved, you said, oh man, Jesus loves me, and then that's all you ever heard from God, it'd be kind of a stilted relationship now, wouldn't it? Just like a marriage would be. But God loves to talk to you. In the Song of Solomon, it actually says that God is ravished with your love. 
He's not, he's not just saying you should be ravished with his love. He's saying he's ravished with your love. He cannot wait to hang out with you and me. He cannot wait to have times to talk about things. And I've been finding out some new things the last couple of years. I'm just convinced he loves to have fun with us too. And he can't wait to play games with us and have some fun with us while he's sharing his word with us. But we're not getting into that today because there's just not enough time. But anyway, at it, yeah, <laughs> awe is right. We'll have to come back, dear, and do some more on prophecy at some point. I did at one time teach us and administrate a 16-week class on, uh, it was a school of the prophets. So believe me, uh, 30, 45 minutes here is not nearly enough, but to just share a window of what there is to share. At its very basic, or another way might be better, is at its broadest sense, prophecy is God speaking to people through people. Everybody say, to people, through people. That's right. 1 Corinthians 14.31, let's look up there. And when, If you're studying on the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 are the primary uh, place to start. 1 Corinthians 14.31 says simply, for you can all prophesy. Everybody say, that means me. That's right. You can all prophesy. And the simple gift of prophecy, we're going to talk about what is prophecy in a more uh, distinct manner. I just said in its broadest sense, it is God speaking to people through people. That's in its very broadest sense. But we're going to bring back, we're going to clear up a few little things just to help us run on a track. Um, but really, it's a matter of God speaking to people through people. 1 Corinthians 14.3 tells us what the New Testament gift of prophecy is. Let's put that up there. 1 Corinthians 14.3. And it says up there, everybody read it out loud while I write this. Strengthening, encouragement. If you can read my writing. <laughs> and comfort. That is the New Testament gift of prophecy. The New Testament gift of prophecy is not foretelling. But I recognize that we think of it as foretelling because the Old Testament gift of prophecy is about foretelling. So let me just put this here. New Testament gift of prophecy. And in a minute, we're going to say, where it's going to get all jumbled together anyway, it's all good. It is a supernaturally given word to build up someone else. And really, you say, well, how will I know if I've got one of those? Well, remember last week, Pastor Jeff was talking about how to hear from the Spirit. Really, the reason why everyone in this room can prophesy the simple gift of New Testament prophecy, which will strengthen and encourage and build up and comfort someone else, is because it's simply an extension of what you already hear from the Spirit of God. If you can hear from the Spirit of God, but Romans 8.13 says the sons of God, that's the mature children of God, 
are led by the Spirit of God. When you have got that figured out, as you're led by the Spirit of God, you will speak to other people words of strengthening, encouragement, and comfort by God. Not just because it was a nice thing to do. Not just because you read it in the Word. There is the general... Let's talk about the difference between rhema and logo. Okay? Logos. So, let's do this. So, logos is the written word of God. It's what you read in your Bible. And because the written word of God tells us to encourage one another daily, then you can, just because you know it's a good thing to do, encourage somebody. And that would be very godly. It could be very much ministering to them. Uh, it, could be, it could even be life-changing. But then there's a different kind of word that is called rhema. And I know that some of you know this, but we should review this. And this is the living word of God, as it were. So the first one is the written word. And I think there's some uh, cough drops on there too, if that would help. Yeah, yeah, feel free. I hate that when it happens, don't you? When it happens to you, you know, you're going, I wish this would stop. Okay, so um, so stop in the name of Jesus and her body right now. <laughs> Amen. Come to peace. Okay, so the rhema is the living word of God. Now, for, here's maybe some way of describing what that means. Have you ever been reading your Bible, the written word, and it's like suddenly you see something. It's like a light shines on a verse. It's like a light bulb comes on. It's like, whoa, that's talking to me right now in my life. Anybody ever had that happen? That's a rhema word. It's a living word. It's right now God speaking his word to you. Now, you don't have to be reading your Bible when that happens. This can happen in dreams and visions. This can happen just by hearing the voice of the Spirit. This can happen in, it can happen in an audible voice. How many of you have ever had an, heard an audible voice? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Well, man, I wish y'all lay hands on me. I've never had an audible voice. <laughs> but that's not your normal way of hearing, I presume. It's not an audible voice, right? The normal way we hear from the Spirit of the Lord is through our spirit. And it comes up through our thoughts but um, it, obviously an audible voice is going to be a rhema word <laughs> amen it's going to be the living word of God okay so a prophecy is a rhema word it's a supernaturally given living word that the Lord is speaking to strengthen encourage or comfort somebody and I believe you and I do this at times we don't even know we're doing it. Because the scripture tells us we live and move and have our being in him. And we don't even, we don't even realize sometimes uh, uh, someone, I was, we were laughing, sharing with somebody about, oh yeah, you, when you go to lunch with somebody, well, Barb's always told me, oh, whenever Nina goes to lunch with people, everybody turns up crying. And I go, well, I don't know if that's good or if that's bad, <laughs> but usually it's for their comfort and their strengthening and their encouragement. And I, and, and then I believe it was you, Amy, and that commented, yeah, you didn't even realize you were moving in the prophetic and bringing up things. I just thought. I was talking and just kind of doing my thing or God's thing or whatever. Didn't realize that there were rhema words coming forth that touched that person's heart. And that's why they began to cry and began to whatever they had to do. And that I was just living and moving and having my being while rhema words, which could be called prophecy, 
were coming up and through me. I never said, thus saith the Lord. I never said God is saying. I might have a couple times, but those times that I didn't know about, you know. And see, the same thing happens with you. And that person doesn't have to cry. Don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to present some examples. <laughs> I mean, some, hasn't somebody said, oh, wow, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, and then they come back to you and tell you, you know, I haven't been able to get rid of that thought that you told me. That was a rhema living word. And it was probably a New Testament prophecy and you didn't even know you were giving it. So this is how simple this is. Now, there are times that you will know. There are times something you're going to just sense, man, I just need to tell them this. Okay, and that's what New Testament prophecy is about because God loves to talk to people through people because he loves to join people. Not only does he want a relationship with us, but he wants us to have a relationship this way too. He loves using people and allowing them to experience that joy of being used by him and, and building relationship and touching hearts through us. It's such a good deal. Okay, so... Now, let's talk just a little bit about how many of you have heard the terminology word. I got a word from the Lord. Hands? All right. Or somebody's given me a word from the Lord. Well, where that comes from is indeed the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. So let's just talk briefly about the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. And I want to read this to you. Who wants to come write for me? Somebody be brave and bold and jump up here and write. Oh, my good husband. Okay, word of, we're going to do word of knowledge first. Yeah, somebody else come up here. <laughs> word of knowledge. <laughs> okay, here's what a word of knowledge is. Everybody listening? It's a supernatural revelation from the mind of God regarding past or present. And would you just write down under here, past or present facts. It's a, it's a, it's a supernaturally given word from God revealing past or present facts. An example, Jesus at the well with the Samaritan woman. And he said, you know, go call your husband. She said, I have no husband. He said, you've rightly said because you've had five husbands and the man you're now with is not your husband. And guess what she said? I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> and that was a word of knowledge because current, he knew past events. She'd had five husbands, present event that she, the one she was now with, he had no natural way of knowing that. It was a supernatural natural revelation from the mind of God with an intended end and an intended purpose. Okay, now if you'd write down word of wisdom for me, please. Now, word of wisdom, and these two were in that list in 1 Corinthians 12 that we read in the very beginning. A word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation of the plans and purposes in the mind of God dealing with the future. So if you'll put future down there for me. Dealing with the future. That's prophecy and whoever said it about foretelling events. The word of wisdom is where foretelling events come from. And it's what most people mean, especially in the world system. If you speak of prophecy, you're speaking of foretelling events. Um, Agabus, Acts chapter 11, a prophet. He predicted a time of famine in the Roman Empire, and it happened. It even says right there in those same verses, it happened in the time of Claudius. Acts 21, I don't know if it's the same Agabus, took Paul's belt 
he, Agabus uh, bound his own hands and feet and said the owner of this belt will be bound if he goes to Jerusalem. It was a warning about future events that Paul would experience. That was a word of wisdom. Thank you very much, Doug. I think I'm done. So here's the deal is that we interchangeably use these two words in the church of Jesus Christ. We say, I got a prophecy. And maybe what you really got was a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. I got a word. And maybe what you got was a prophecy. And I'm here to tell you it doesn't matter. <laughs> in the long run, it doesn't matter what word you put to it when you verbalize it. What, I just wanted you to, to see the difference so that you could understand what's happening. Okay? This, am I making sense? Is everybody I'm making sense? Okay. Um, now, there is another reason to understand the difference. The Bible says all will prophesy. It does not say all will have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. That's another reason why it's good for me to take a few moments and differentiate it. But when we're standing in a line or someone comes to you, well, there is one more important reason to know the difference that I'll tell you in a minute. But if they say, I've got a word for you, or if they say, I've got a prophecy or a prophetic word or whatever, I'm not too worried about that living terminology. We can intermix them and we're perfectly okay. After all, these do come through the voice just as much as a prophetic word eventually will come through the voice. It might start out as a vision or a dream, uh, but so would a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom could come through a vision or a dream. Any of these could come through a variety of ways, through, through objects, through life, things happening, um, but they're all going to eventually have to be spoken to have any effect. So that's why they get so interchanged and kind of mixed and lumped together. Let me just think just a minute about this here. All of them are supernaturally given. And I'll, I know there's a point rolling around in here and I can't quite find it. I'll probably come back to it. So... All of these are supernaturally given. I know what it is. And all of them uh, are, have, the, have the potential to strengthen, encourage, and comfort someone's life. Uh, but these being more specific, we have to be a little bit more ready to consider these and judge them so which takes me to my next point so as someone used to say let's be prophetic not pathetic amen uh, amen a prophetic word is really quite powerful because it's a rhema living word and when someone opens their heart to a prophetic word or a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge it can change their life. And if the word isn't accurate, it can damage a person's life. But there are safeguards against that. And that's where we want to go now. So let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. And uh, I'm reading from first the New Living Translation, and then we're going to look at it in the Message Translation. I just kind of liked the ways these said it's really pretty clearly. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 19 in the NLT says, Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said and hold on to what is good. So we're not supposed to go, oh my gosh, there could be a bad prophecy. Let's never listen to prophecies. Let's not go to a church that prophesies. Let's not listen to prophets. 
let's not, let's not, because it says right here, don't stifle the Holy Spirit, don't scoff at prophecies. The antidote to a bad prophecy is to test everything that's said and hold on to what is good. Now here in the message translation, it says, don't suppress the spirit and don't stifle those who have a word from the master. On the other hand, don't be gullible. <laughs> Check out everything and keep only what's good. Throw out anything tainted with evil. So we're supposed to test every word given to us. And this is particularly of concern when it's a word of wisdom. You know, when someone's giving us a word that's strengthening and encouraging and comforting, that really doesn't have any predictive uh, value, that doesn't really, doesn't have direction. Let's write that word down. Okay. Well, this is going to just take me to my last point. I'll just jump over there. Really, this is the domain of the prophet. <coughs> Giving direction, admonishing, and warning. And so sometimes it, it should in the long run strengthen and courage and comfort. But what happens sometimes is that a strengthening and encouraging and a comforting word comes through somebody that has some direction, admonishment, warning in it. Or maybe it has a word of wisdom from the future. You're going to move to Africa. Pack up your bags. <laughs> God's calling you to Africa. Those are the sorts of things that we've got to test. Those are the sorts of things you don't simply be gullible and take them hook, line, or sinker. There is a, there is, and it's, I don't think it's a fine line. I think there's a line between we keep open-hearted and trust people that we know are trustworthy but at the same time, even the most trustworthy prophet you know you are told in scripture to prove all things and hold fast that which is good. Because every prophet is an imperfect vessel. Every single one. The answer to that is just not to say, whoa, get back. I don't want any prophets talking to me. That is not the answer to the fact that every prophet is imperfect and an imperfect vessel. The answer is, know the word. If you don't know the word when they're giving you the word, but something inside of you. Okay, here's, here's the way you attest a word from the Lord. First, is it an agreeable with your Bible, both in content and in spirit? Secondly, does it agree with your spirit? Because you have the spirit of God within you. Um, you do not ever act on a word from God, even from the most famous, trustworthy, powerful prophet on the face of the earth. If it does not agree with your spirit, you don't act on it. Now, I will tell you something. I do believe prophets can open something brand new to you that you've never heard nor seen from God yet. But you don't act on it until you personally know in your own spirit that God is speaking that to you. Does that make sense? I mean, sometimes we need someone to open some, something brand new to us. That's part of the reason why we need a prophet or we need a, 
a pastor or an apostle or someone who's going to come in and bring new thought to us to consider. But you never act on it until you've sought the Lord, until you know it's in agreement scripturally, and until you know in your own spirit it's the right thing to do. Because when you're out there in Africa and everything's against you, you better know that you know that you know that you're out there because God sent you there. Not because some other man did or woman did. You better know that before you start a new job and, and some prophet told you you need to go start this new job. You better know that before you buy that house because some prophet told you to buy that house. Because you know what? Difficulties are going to come both when you're doing God's will and when you're not doing God's will. So you need to know if you're doing God's will so that you can take a stand through the difficult times. So it is important for us to prove all things and hold fast that which is good while not squelching prophecy or prophets. Amen. All right. So just real quickly, let me just review. Is prophecy, not review, I started it here. Is prophecy the same or is it prophecy and the ability to prophesy the same as being a prophet? No. Okay, a prophet is a gift given to the body of Christ by Jesus Christ. The gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. The reason we know this, we're not going to turn there, is in Ephesians chapter 4. It says that when Jesus ascended, he gave uh, some gifts unto men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. A prophet is going to have some level of equipping of the saints. That is that person's job. Um, a prophet can, for an individual, a church, or a nation, give direction, correction, admonition, and even warning by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of the Lord speaking to that prophet, and then that prophet giving it away. In other words, this prophet's got the scary job, right? Admonishing, warning. This is not fun. <laughs> direction might be fun. Correction, warning, this is not fun. Um, and we're not going to take the time to go into some of those. A mature prophet, however, will give these things in the light that they're meant to be given in, which is this. God's always wanting his word to come to you to bring his love to you and redeem you and set you free and make the most of your life. That's the only reason the Lord would bring to you correction, admonition, or warning through a prophet or through some other ministry gift. It's because he loves you. And he wants your life to be fruitful and joyful and victorious. You know, even the scriptures, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, I believe we have that for the screen. Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, that's admonishment, that's correction, that's conviction, and then for correction and for instruction in righteousness. The very word of God is given to us to help us see what's right and see what's wrong and go the best path that will cause victory. Um, and... Uh, when a prophet brings those sorts of things, that's the whole idea, is to bring the love of God to you so that you can be redeemed and set free. And again, what I would say is you always have the right to prove and hold fast that which is good from a, a word from a prophet, even though they're a prophet. And I'm not going to get into judging whether a person is truly a prophet or a false prophet or just an immature prophet, Versus judging the prophetic word. There are two things. And you can find in scripture. That bad 
false prophets gave true prophetic words. Interesting, huh? And that a true prophet has been known to give a false word. We can see that in scripture. Uh, and so it's not meant to confuse you. It's meant to say, you. it's up to you to prove all things and hold fast that which is good. And if some prophet is ever saying to you, you have got to believe what I say or else, back off. Back away from them. Put up your boundaries and say, sorry, that's not from God. Because God himself never forces anything on us. He loves us. He wants us to hear things, but he never forces anything on us.